following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Hey, 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 guess what? Football is in the building. Yeah. I am at the star today. I am broadcasting live from the SWBC Mortgage office. I'm in the boss's office today. I am in Derek Eagleton's office because Nick is in our office and we can't share an office. So you're just planning, planning your takeover, aren't you? I am. I'm slowly <laughs> spreading out across the across the landscape. So got to watch some practice this morning. Jesse, liking the hat, liking the shirt. Nate, thank you, thank you, thank you. Liking the face, you looking good, Kurt. You look good. How's everybody feeling? Y'all good today? Good, my friend. Good, good. good. I'm hope I hope I'm as good as that coffee Nate is drinking. Yeah, <laughs> is it good? Yeah, is man. Good? And um, yeah, uh, Shannon, since you're planning a hostile takeover of Derek Eagleton's place, can you get <laughs> can you get me and Jesse some some passes where we can come physically see the practice? You know what? That's above my pay grade. You guys are gonna have to. Uh, okay, now all of a sudden you're back in the office with Nick. Now you're all back in. Now you're back in the office with Nick. Okay. Can, I, can we get some grace? Can we get? Thank some you. Grace? Can, can we get, get some, some grace? grace? Can we get some grace. Wow. I mean, because I, you know, uh, I don't want to have to call a bunch of guys to tell my our fans and listeners what I think I see. I want to know what I'm seeing, my friend. I hear I'm going to call Ian yeah. Rappaport. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't start. Don't start, no, Jesse. Stirring, Don't start. Stirring the pot there. Don't start. Man, stirring the we're, pot. Not, we're not three minutes into the show, and Jesse's stirring <laughs> up some, some crap already, man. So the big news, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. I, I finally got to watch practice. It's a little bit different than normal training camp. They had practice indoors today. Um, we got to watch it from over in, uh, over in Cowboys Club in one of the little side rooms over a few of us in there, socially distanced. Um, the big news coming out of today, Gerald McCoy went down with right in front of us, actually. We saw it happen. He was uh, doing a drill up against uh, Antoine Woods, went down, looked like he was grabbing his his uh, lower leg, possibly the knee area, um, had to be kind of helped off the field. Uh, don't Haven't heard anything. Have you guys heard any of the reports about what it could possibly be or just that it was an injury? Call Ian Rappaport. He probably knows. <laughs> what you think? All, the, all they've said is that he's going in for an MRI later today. And I think Steven Jones is supposed to talk with the media here in a little bit. So hopefully he'll have some kind of update. But they may not have much until they get that MRI back. Was it you leg sure, or lower leg? I don't know. Well, they're talking knee. That's apparently. Knee. That, that's, what that's just from some of the Twitter people who are saying knee. Yeah, that's Twitter what it who? like to us. Yeah. Twitter who? Twitter. I, just some of the reporters that were there. What are you talking about, Twitter who? 
I'm just, I'm just following up what Jesse said. I mean, how do we get our information? Come on now, come on. I mean, I, I I really, you know, I'm praying, I'm praying that I get to see a practice, man. I mean, Ian Rappaport is a thousand miles away from us, and he's getting inside information. I can't, I'm, I used to play for the Cowboys. He can't get this type of info. Wow. Oh, what? All right, I'm trying to keep this this out of the ditch. So no, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this on the Jerry McCoy on the Jerry McCoy front. Um, this is why you. I, I love what they did in the offseason with getting depth. Right? They they they've added pieces because one, you want a rotation, but you always have to account for if someone goes down, and if that someone that goes down is a starter or a guy who we got, who we have significant. Um, who we, who, we, who we expect to have a significant role in our team's schematics, all those things. This is why you need to have the depth. This is why you need guys like a Dontario Poe to uh, be back there, have versatility with a guy like Antoine Woods, Tyron Crawford, being multiple in your sets. Uh, this is that time where you need a rookie to kind of now get those veteran refs that he'll, he wouldn't necessarily always have gotten because of the veteran guy being in front of him, like a Neville uh, Gallimore. And also, this is the time when you say, hey, okay, okay, second-year player, you're not a rookie anymore, Tristan Hill. Now you're going to be able to get a little bit more reps, and you, and you, you, you kind of ramp that up a little bit. This is, this is the importance is that when you go into camp, um, you have that ability to have depth at each position because you never know. You never, never, never know when it comes to football, every play, you're one step closer to getting injured. If the ball is snapped on that play, there's a likelihood that you can possibly get injured. And you just don't want to leave your cupboard so bare that if a guy goes down, and like we've seen in the past, we've seen this happen time and time again in the past where we put so much stock on one guy and we had nothing behind it. And then when that one guy went down, our ship just began to sink. And so having a little bit of depth and a little bit of versatility and being multiple with your fronts, I think this coaching staff has kind of done a really good job with giving themselves a little bit of rope that if a Gerald McCoy injury happens in training camp, we all pray and hope that it's not a significant injury, maybe a little, just a little tweak, a little bump and bruise, and he'll be back in, you know, some, in a short amount of time. But giving yourself that versatility, that, that little bit of leverage to say, okay, cool, Gerald McCoy goes down, okay, Antoine Woods, okay, Tristan Hill, okay, uh, uh, Gallimore. Now we got guys to put in there and keep our rotation going so that we can continue to progress because this is not only conditioning, football conditioning for these guys. This is not only install for these guys. This is everything that they missed in the offseason. You're trying now to combine in the next couple of weeks to get them ready for a season with no preseason games to be played in. So everything that you're doing here, your conditioning, your teaching, your formatting, your scheming, your evaluating talent, and you're trying to get guys ready for the game day. So we hope and pray that Gerald McCoy is, uh, is okay, but being able to have that flexibility because you have depth at each position is crucial and key. Uh, and like Dak said, the healthiest team, and that doesn't necessarily always mean the COVID situation, the healthiest team will have a, a, a pretty good opportunity to, to, to compete for a championship. Team. But that depth, that depth that Jesse is talking about, uh, it is good that we have it, but it is only two, it's only three guys that's going to play that three, that are 
that uh, three technique. That's the guard. That's the tackle that will be over each guard in a 4-3. In a 3-4, you're not so much worried about Jerry McCoy because that's Dante Poe in a 3-4 going to be over the nose. But you're looking at a guy that's going to play primarily over the guards in Jerry McCoy. So now you're looking at Tristan Hill. You're looking at Gallimore. And you're looking at uh, maybe Tyrone Crawford. Those are the three guys that can give you the most reps there. And if, and if I'm knowing these coaches by them bringing in Gallimore and drafting them themselves and seeing them themselves, uh, behind, uh, he should be that first one in line. I mean, I understand they may put the other guys there that uh, Jesse have talked about, but those are the guys that you will see in the game. God forbid that uh, the guy uh, that got hurt, Jerry McCoy, God forbid that it's a long period of time, but they're going to have to be specific in who they give those reps. Uh the other guys are one Ontario Poe, Antoine Woods, guys like that. They are one techniques. They are guys that you put over the center, and you let them and you let them wreck havoc, wreck, wreck havoc. But uh, we need, like Jess keeps reminding us of Tristan Hill. He needs to stand up, stand tall. Uh, we know Gallimore motor is 100%. All he got to do is learn the techniques and catch up with the speed of the game. Uh, Tyrone Crawford is a veteran of the game. He knows what needs to be done. So uh, I agree with you, Jesse. You know, we hope, we, we hope that Gerald is not out for a long period of time. But these reps are very, very precious. And hey, I don't the- think coaches have time to uh, wait on a player to grow up. You either grow up now with your reps or grow out of this team. Is this, with the, is this kind of a fine balance, though? I mean, this is sort of our worst fear happening in that with no conditioning, no offseason at all. I mean, McCoy looks like he's out. The 49ers lost Jalen Hurd today. Ravens lost their cornerback, Marshall. I mean, you're starting to see players drop. I mean, is this just kind of bad luck, or have we seen the effects of no offseason now, and is it only going to get worse? You're seeing the effects of no offseason. This, this game of football is such a punishing and taxing game on your body. And a lot of these guys, and I'm not saying Gerald McCoy, but I'm saying being around this sport, playing in this sport, a lot of these guys in the offseason, they didn't train properly. They may have went out once or twice a day. Of course, a lot of gyms were closed, facilities were were closed down, so there wasn't the opportunity to get your body. Like you, when you hear condition, I don't mean the lung capacity. Like I I don't mean being able to run and not get tired. In, In this game, the way that you move with such force and power and uh, ferocity and veracity, you move with such, you put your bodies to this extreme maximum uh, of what you're doing. You have to build the body up to get there. And if you're sitting around and maybe only working out once or twice a week, you know, you're going to see now when you're in camp that, and even in your workouts, it's so hard to emulate what you're actually going to be doing in practice. So even in your workouts, if you're going at a max 50 to 60 to 70%, in practice, when pads come on, when jobs are trying to be won, when contracts are trying to be uh, 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 won, all these things are happening, it's up here. It's at a, it's at a new level. You're at 100 miles an hour. And it's like, it's like having a Ferrari or a Porsche sit in the garage for an entire year and then all of a sudden you break it out on a Saturday and you want to take it to the track and do 100 miles an hour. Something's probably going to break in it. So a belt's probably worn down. Something's probably going to happen. This is an effect of what you're seeing now of not having that offseason, not having those mini camps and OTAs and being in the building and getting that body to a place of being able to compete at 100 miles an hour 
for consecutive days with someone leaning on you, pushing on you, pulling on you, and you're trying to run these routes. See, when I'm training and I'm working out, when I get tired, you know what I say? Hey, I'm Ladies good. and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly over... You, you're, I'm paying you, so I tell you when I want to work, when I don't want to work, when I get tired. And, and most of the guys who are training, when you give a little pushback to their workouts, they're going to kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, all right, let's, let's, let's tone it down. It doesn't happen that way in practice. You, when, you, you, when you get tired, you can't say, hey, coach, I'm, uh, I'm shutting it down for the day. I'm good. No, I'm trying to win a job. I'm trying to get ready. So I think this is a, this is, you're going to see more of this happening across the league with the Achilles, with the ACLs, with the hamstrings, because bodies are just not ready to go at this high capacity you know, consecutive days in a row because of the, the, the mistraining um, in the offseason. You, 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 you just have to play it by ear with each player. Uh, the veteran guys are going to be a little bit more in tune with their bodies and, and, knowing, and knowing where they're at and, and trying to get settled in. Uh, I think you're going to see a few injuries. Uh, that, that happens. Uh, that, uh, let's not go on the deep end yet. You know, uh, they have missed a lot. But uh, they are slowly trying to bring these guys in, and I'm quite sure with Gerald McCoy going down, they, they probably, oh, let's back up. They're backing up as coaches and as administrators, uh, trying to make sure that they don't push it. But guess what? In two and a half weeks, it don't matter. Like Dak said, the healthy man will win because it, it, it's going to be wide open. They got, what, 13, 13 more padded practices? This was, was this their first one today, Shannon, padded practices? I think tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, today. Okay, today, so today yeah. was the first. So they got 13 more padded practices, which I, I, I'm quite sure Shannon, by him doing this dominant hostile takeover of Derek's <laughs> office, I'll be able to get out there. Well, let me ask you guys this. Uh, the, the, you know, the conditioning, obviously we're talking about that, but then you got the other part, the, the, the off-season workouts and no preseason missing out on the offseason workouts for the rookies, you hear the biggest difference in the NFL game is the speed of the game. You're not going to get the speed of the game because you're not going to have any preseason games. The rookies are going to jump right into speed of the game is going to be first. Their first experience in the NFL is going to be a, a real live game. The Rams. Counts. How big of a disadvantage for the rookies is that going to be? And how long is it going to take them to catch up to – the rest of the league, does this delay them getting up to speed? And, and by how much? Uh, it just depends on how elite an athlete you are mentally. You know, a lot of these guys are physically, you know, like a wide receiver, Jesse can speak on that. They ain't going to be used to people putting hands on them. Uh, not, not the way these guys going to put hands on them. But the elite athletes, you know, it, when they see it and they feel it, they'll start to groove into it and the mental aspect of it. Whereas it took me a while to adjust, but I saw some guys come into the league, you know, like, they, like the Zach Martins of the world. They, you know, they were ready. They were born to do this, and they were mentally ready. So it, it's just how quick they can look and adjust on the, on the run mentally is how quick. I'll I, I give a rookie, an elite rookie with the right mindset, I give him three to four weeks. I give a guy that ain't got his mind right. That long? I, oh, yeah. It's a man's it's a man's world now, Kurt. Yeah, no, you got. Is that a worry though? Because McCarthy said by the end of the season, by December, he expects most of the young guys on the roster to to really be contributing. And how many right? games is that by December if they make yeah, it that but, far? 
now, like a guy like Gallimore you mentioned, I mean, you need him right now. I mean, how uh, you that you do, but that's why you kept that's why you kept Antoine Woods. That's why you got Dontario Poe. That's why you kept uh, Crawford because th- things like this is going to happen. Jesse just spoke on it here earlier in a nice way. It's going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. Whether the whether the virus hits you for two three weeks or something, you got to go with what you got, and that's what I'm saying. The reps are so precious. To as a man that's trying to uh, be a part of the football team, you got to value them reps. Whereas before, you know, you got all the off season. You go into training camp. You got five weeks with a Hall of Fame game. You got five weeks of they they ain't gonna push the rookie. They ain't gonna. But now it's like you got to get in there and do your job, and you'll see coaches pushing you to the side more quickly. Now you you may get a week, and the coach be like, ah, nah. That's, you know, practice squad. They're making decisions on you. Like Jason Gary used to say, you're getting judged every day. That is real crucial at this point in time. And I think one thing that's also, and it's not it's not 100%, and it's not a, a, a solid definite, but for these rookies, what conference did you play in? I think that yes, helps sir. a little bit. I think yes, when, sir. When you look at guys who played in a, in a in the upper echelon of conferences, you know, let's just use, a, you know, a, a guy like C.D. Lamb or, or you know a guy who's played in a in a in a competitive conference. You know, kids at Alabama when you're playing in the SEC, you're, you're literally, you know, yeah, Diggs, you're literally going up against future NFL players all the time. Right. And so that's that kind of gets you a little bit of understanding. And I'm not saying this is a, a definite across the board because there are some low level guys who have come into this league and taken off quickly. But when you look Nate at it over, Jesse you look at over overall, <laughs> I was I was in the ACC, Nate, to speak for yourself. I'm sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> ACC, you want to you want a determining factor. You was a basketball guy. Stop. <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I was a football player. I, I, I Listen, I, I was a bitch riding basketball. I was a star in football. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. But so, no, was but, you, when you, so when you were selling them uh, phone batteries, stupid, go ahead on. I was a star in that too, baby. I was employee of the month three months in a row, baby. Let's go. I was employee of the month three months in a row. I hear you, man. Secondly, I'm a winner wherever I go. I, I um, hear you, babe. I hear long, you. Jesse, how long did it take you then to, to get up to that game speed? What was that like for you as a rookie in, in trying to get up the, to match it, it was, game speed? It, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. And, and again, we're talking about uh, – 2007 when I came out. We're talking 13 right. years ago where things were just different. My very first pro- padded practice, I ran an out route for Carson Palmer and he hit me in the side of the helmet because I just didn't understand that in the league, they throw anticipation. In college, they throw it when you're actually open. And so it was just little things like that of getting adjusted to, um, you know, going up against guys who were playing press man corner and was physical and were, had that man strength. That was something different that you had to get used to. Watching coverages change. Um, you know, sometimes in college, you, as a receiver on the offensive end, and we see this more and more and more now, hearing that verbiage, when you got to go through a long, lengthy verbiage in the NFL to in college, it'd be like, uh, right, North Carolina. And that just, when you hear right, North Carolina, that was the entire play that a lot of these kids may be listening to. And the same thing on, on defensively. You know, so it's it's more so the speed of the game happens, but the knowledge of the game is where you need to be crisp at. You need that to mental. know that mental part of the game. Because if I'm thinking, there's it, it is impossible to be thinking and playing at 100 miles an hour. It can't happen. 
I had, you know, I don't, I don't want to use a Jason Garrett term, but use a Jason Garrett term. You have to know that you know that you know that you know. That's the only way you're able to move at such a, a high speed. Yes, the game changes, the speed changes, but those who are playing at that high speed have a understanding of knowledge of what they're doing. They're not tiptoeing and not around and not hesitating. They're able to see something and attack at 100 miles an hour because I know what it is, I know where I'm supposed to go, now I don't have to think. The speed comes where I'm thinking. Do I do this route? Is What coverage is that? Is that four? Is that two? Is that three? <laughs> and now it's gone, you know what I'm saying? Now it's time to go, now you're like, oh snap. And so it's, it's I'm, I'm, not as, I'm not moving as fast as I possibly can because I'm doing too much of the buffering is happening in my mind of what's actually supposed to be going on in, in the, uh, on the field. So when you hear speed of the game, yes, it means in the sense of miles per hour, it changes because you're just dealing with bigger, faster, stronger, but it's also dealing with the mental part of the game. How quick can I take the information that I have offensively or defensively, take it in, know where I'm supposed to go, know my adjustments and be ready to go before he says hut and do it at hundred miles an hour. All right, fellas, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Kurt is worried about this offensive line, and I'm going to give you some observations from my first day watching practice in this 2020 training camp. Thank you, Wingstop, for letting us bring the people this show. We're going to pay some bills, and we will be right back on Hanging with the Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their Elevation Tumblers? And Otterbox Elevation Tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't